Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to Smart Muslimer Podcast. My name is Farhat Amin. I'm your host. Have you subscribed? It only takes a minute, and if you do, you'll never miss an episode again. Love the podcast. Well, please leave a review on whichever platform you are listening on and why not share it on WhatsApp or Instagram. My handle is farhatameen underscore UK. So please go ahead and follow me and share it with your friends, inshallah. My name is Farhat Amin and I am your host. Inshallah, I hope you're enjoying the lovely summer weather that we're having and getting a chance to go out with your kids, whether it's on picnics or to the seaside. You know, we don't get much sunshine in the UK, so when we do, we get really happy. Um, so let's talk about the podcast today. Um, I'm going through different issues um, regarding raising Muslim teenagers, particularly for parents living in secular Western countries. Um, so today's episode is really different. I interviewed a um, university student. She's 19. And so she has gone through the teenage years, you know, the really difficult years. And I know for a lot of you guys, your kids are younger. And what I thought would be so good was to hear firsthand account and advice from a girl who has gone through a lot of the issues that our children uh, will be going through and just how to how she navigated and found a way to find Islam and to find some peace and tranquility. And she's got some really good advice at the end of the podcast, actually throughout the podcast. Now, inshallah, if I also, with every podcast, I do write a blog post. Um, sometime, with this one, it will be... Um, a bit of a transcript of the conversation we had, as well as iron hadith regarding, you know, how does Allah view, tell us to view success in Islam. So if you go to my blog, which is on the website, www.farhatamin.com blog, um, you can get the information there. There's, I always try to put useful links for you to, if you want to read up more 
on um, on the things that I've discussed in the podcast. Um, the best way to keep updated on when there's new episodes is to, you know, subscribe to whichever platform you're listening on. If you subscribe to it, um, to the podcast, and then you'll automatically it'll come onto your phone. Also, if you go on my website, you can then subscribe to my newsletter, which is the VIP Club, and I send emails when a new um, episode comes out. Okay, so let's listen to my conversation with Amina. Assalamu alaikum, Amina. Jazakallah khair for coming on to the podcast. Well, Yaki, thank you for having me. Quite brilliant. So now, Amna, the reason why I wanted you on was that um, I'm doing a um, series of podcasts I'm doing at the moment is about what it's like to be a Muslim teenager, you know, um, growing up in UK, you know, in a very liberal Western society. And I think it would I think it'd be really good for uh, my audience to just listen to what your experience has been. Um, So if we could start with... um, what was your upbringing like and what is it that made you um, decide that you wanted to, you know, start practicing Islam in a, you know, a more holistic and fuller way? Yep. So um, I grew up in a very non-Islamic environment. My parents didn't really think that teaching Islam was a um, priority. So um, I didn't really know much about um islam at all i literally only knew that we had to pray five times a day men grew a beard women wore the headscarf and we had to fast so that's as far as my knowledge went um subhanallah so um my parents sorry yeah no go ahead yeah carry on so my parents um fled from war from albania in Uh in sorry from kosovo in 2000 and um, they came to the UK. So their main priority to raise me and me and my sister was to make sure that we had sort of the best, the best education. We, um, we focused only on education. We, we, um, so my, my parents wanted us to be sort of to have a lifestyle that they couldn't, they didn't want us to go through the hardships that they went, which is of obviously every parent want that wants that for their child so um so yeah that was my my parents main focus it was to um raise us um thinking sort of okay having very big um aspirations in life and knowing Mm. what, what what we want to work as knowing what what um job we we want to achieve so their goal in life was to um, make sure that this happened so if we needed private tutors they would make sure that we had that if we needed um, any equipment they made, sh- they, they made sure that we had that because my parents obviously couldn't speak English at that time mm-hmm. so they mm-hmm. were very worried about that um, so they made sure that we had sort of all the um, help and aid that we could get so mm-hmm. um now, now, if I could just sort of that, it's quite interesting. That sounds very similar to what, um, like, for example, you're saying that your parents um, were from Kosovo, but I can think yeah. of um, whether it's Pakistani, Bengali, mm-hmm. um, Indian Muslims, that they, you know, I think of the people who come to me for tuition. Um, yeah. They, that's exactly what they want as well. Exactly. And, yeah. um, and so in, 
having that aspiration isn't a bad thing. Mm-hmm. How, do you think um, maybe that was overemphasized? I think to the, I think it it does become over um, overemphasized when you completely take out um, Islam from from the child's life. I mm. think that's that's when it becomes an issue because then at at the end of the day, that um, degree or that job that you get. Um, first of all you might not even be able to reach the, the age to get that job or you it, it it's not the main goal in in life it won't com- complete you it won't all of a sudden mm. make you um make you you know feel feel happiness or some sort of joy because now now you have that dream job actually it's the it's the opposite that happens so I think that's when the that's when the issue comes in is that um when the te- when the when the parents don't encourage islam into the child's life then that can mm-hmm. cause a problem for the for the child's future yeah because like i'm thinking i know uh during ramadan now that yeah. the fasts are longer and there are exams going on yeah. during ramadan now i was very surprised to hear that um muslim children aren't some are not fasting during mm-hmm. ramadan because they've got exams yeah. so this is an example where then the education is put before the um you know a, a basic obligation that everyone knows you know people won't um wake their children up for fajr yes whereas uh, because they think again they need their sleep but then sending them letting them study all night or going having extra classes and i think that's that's i think what we're talking about here that mm-hmm. when you put education put so much emphasis to the where you're then ignoring islam because you think no they have to get that education they have to get that job that's when there's a problem yeah definitely um, definitely so then what what changed when did you decide what what happened to make you then think um actually i'm going to look at islam and find out you know more about islam here so what happened was i i was um introduced to islam at university um that's sort of when everything just peaked. I was, um, I was always question, um, questioning God. Does God, you know? I always knew that God was there, but I wanted to know where, as in, where is He really? As in, how can I, how can I get closer to God? How how do I know more about God? What religion do do I follow? Um, is there a right religion? Is there a wrong religion? Not wrong, Subhanallah, but is there is there sort of where the truth that that's it I just want to know the truth (laughs) I got there at the end but um so so what happened was at university that peaked just because I live out Mm -hmm. so the majority of the time I'm alone and there's a reason why suicide rates and and depression and and, and, um, anxiety it kind of it just goes it just increases so much at uni just because every student is alone. They have maybe two hours of lectures every day and then they go into their dorm. Um, they can't really do much because of a lack of money. So they can't really all of a sudden just spend on so much and have so much fun. So what they yeah. end up doing is they just end up staying in their room on their phone overthinking everything so that's usually how it starts that I know happened for me as well so I thought okay um is this it is this life I've worked my whole life for university I've worked my whole life to to course 
why don't I feel that happiness that my parents promised that I would feel why don't I feel that complete sort of why don't why doesn't my soul feel complete because my Mm. parents told me that that's what I would feel like once I'm at uni so um ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me Kiki Palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. So basically, once I've achieved my my um, my goals in life, so I thought, okay, I've I've done everything. I've sort of been a top student throughout my whole life. Why am I feeling like this? So I happen one day to walk into the prayer room at my university, and it literally just said there, join, and it gave a number. And I thought, you know what? What's the worst that can happen? Let me just mm-hmm. join. So I put the number on my phone and I messaged the um, number and I said, I would like to join. I didn't even know what I was joining, but I said, I would like to join. <laughs> I would like to join. And um, and so, yeah, and then they put me into a um, sister's group chat with all the other Muslims at my university. And I thought, oh, subhanAllah. I thought, wow, I got really, I got... Um, I didn't I didn't expect there to be so many Muslims at my at my um, u- uh, university so and then they would post stuff like okay we have a lecture on this date and we have a lecture on this date and this person's coming and we have pizza and at first I was like okay there's pizza let me go <laughs> so um but yeah and then afterwards I just felt in love with with the with the religion I couldn't believe that I didn't I didn't know any of this before. I couldn't believe that this was not part of my life as a as a young child. And I think mm. as as a te- as a teenager now, I know, inshallah, if I have children, I know I would like to raise them with Islam, with having that into into the, into their lives. Because I know that if you don't have that in your life you will never ever feel complete you will always be questioning life you will always be lost like like Allah says in 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 the Quran verily man is lost so yes so I I that that has affected me a lot that um that kind of yeah so well yeah the thing is it sounds like you've um what was I I was listening to something uh gosh was it yesterday I'm saying that you know the sweetness of faith yes yes Alhamdulillah, you've got you got that. And and now the thing is now, what is so now Alhamdulillah, Allah guided you to to Islam. And it's interesting that now you must have then um but then you came across Muslim students, um, whether it was at college previously or even the Muslim students you see at university. Mm -hmm. What now 
based on what, like, um, I went to uni, my, okay, that was a while ago, but my son, like, he tells me about how his friends, um, and, you know, even my nieces tell me as well that they, when they go from home, mm-hmm. and, and again, they're alone, that these children, uh, well, they're not children, these, these young adults were raised, they were taught, taught Islam, so they went to, they were taught Quran, they went to Madrasa, they were the things that a lot of my listeners do with their children. But now when they then go to university yeah. and they are now away from mum and dad, um, it's like the freedom. It's like uh, there's freedom yes. there. There's, um, yeah. there's so much. Um, it, it's They can be completely individualistic and mm-hmm. do whatever makes them happy. And now they're choosing to, well, what do you see that they're choosing to do? So... What I've noticed with the um, Muslims that I've come I've come across at college and at university, mainly at um, u- um, university, is that most of them are or were as lost as I was. So um, mm-hmm. it was the fact that um, they didn't practice Islam into their everyday lives at university. I'm, I have no idea what they would do at home. But I, from what I could see is that they would try to be someone that they're not. They would try to hide their is, um, Islamic identity. They would try to fit in with other groups of people. They would, um, now that they have that freedom, especially that, that we live outside. So at my, at my um, university, most people are from London and they, and they live there for mm-hmm. the, for the um, academic year. So, I've seen, I think that was also one of the main reasons what pushed me to go to that prayer room in the first place is the fact that I would see Muslims and non-Muslims alike drinking, Mm. going out, smoking, um, being very free next to um, each other. And for some reason, all these things felt wrong to me. My, hmm. I would, I was always that type, that kind of person that would, would just always listen to my heart, and my heart was telling me that this stuff is not right. Even though I was, um, e- even though I would probably be that kind, that person that they would see, just hmm. because I didn't know any better. My, like I said, my cousins are models and stuff like that, so I've had their influence in me, and, and I was raised with them, so I would. Hmm. I would also, I would actually probably be that person that they would see, oh, look, um, just that some random person that would be with these kind of group of people that would go out clubbing and do this, do this kind of stuff. But my heart would not be content. There was something Mm. wrong with this and I didn't know why. Nothing told me that this was wrong, but my heart would. So I think when I found the truth and when actually... Allah guided me and told me, you know, this is the reason why you shouldn't be doing this through the through the Quran. Then mm-hmm. I think it's so sad that I see Muslims that were raised as Muslims that were that went to um, the mosque that could that could read the Quran in in um, Arabic. That's in itself a blessing. I mean, I opened the Quran and Subhanallah, it looked like patterns. Like I would literally tell people, this looks like a pattern to me. So. I think it's such a blessing that they've been raised with um, Islam in their everyday lives, yet once they come to university, they have that taste of freedom and they would choose yeah. that over Allah. I think for mm. me that um, 
that was sort of the biggest issue, which is why, which is why I decided to be dower officer at my un- at my university. I oh, exercise. Wow, awesome. Yeah. Oh, so that, That's now, brilliant. Yeah. Um, alhamdulillah just because now I know how to reach that group of people because I was that group of people I was there I had been there I know yeah. the Muslims there so I feel like in inshallah I could sort of be that hand that they could grab out of out of that hole that they're in you know so yeah because you're so right when you do um once you find the truth yeah. you don't want to keep it to yourself it's oh, not a thing that definitely. oh I'm so amazing now and I'm <laughs> I mean, I have embarrassing Opposite. stories. <laughs> well, I thought, I thought, subhanAllah, where has this truth been? Why does, why didn't nobody tell me about this before? I thought it was my mission to go and tell everyone. And yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, your enthusiasm, it, it's, Masha, it's very genuine and it's, and it's good to hear. And so the thing is, so now, okay, like my, um, so for a mum who's listening to this yeah. podcast, um, now, her, if her children are younger at the moment and if she's thinking, OK, I don't want that to have I don't want that to be my kid, that they only when they were at home uh, and under, under my watch, were they um, praying yes. and fasting? Yeah. But once, they, once they leave home, it's like they, everything looks much better than Islam. Mm-hmm. What is it that um, they can be doing now to, inshallah, um, not have that their child go astray i think the main thing is to have to build their taqwa so i feel like i already had that for some reason subhanallah allah has put that in me and it was very strong from a very very young age but i think um parents i think the main thing that parents should do is build that within them why The, the, the reason is why because once they go to university I'm nine out, I mean, I don't even know what the percentage is, but I'm, I can, I'm certain and I can say for, with certainty that even though your child was probably the most practicing, the most in love with the Dean, once that's, once that's there and once you're alone with the um, shaitan in your dorm, you can Mm. think anything, you can think all sorts of things, you are tempted by other people. That's just human yes. nature. That's just how Allah even actually calls these desires natural. So you can't, we can't just take that away from a person because that's not how it works. So they will, they will definitely do something, even if it's minor, even if, or or major, they will do something. But if you build that taqwa within them, that mm. awareness of Allah, they will come back. Yeah, that's that's. Mm. Yeah, and I think I, I think that's excellent yeah. that, and I think the thing is it that has to happen through, like talk. We need as yes. mums, and it is the role mm-hmm. of the mum because um, if okay, if dad goes out yeah. to work, and it's the mum's job to do the, to give the therapy, to give that education. Mm-hmm. It's our role. We can't give it to someone yes. else. Um, it's we have to start talking to our children about Islam yes, now. Definitely, definitely, and. Yeah. And not just talking about it, but implementing it into your everyday life. So this is what I do with my younger siblings now. I make sure that everything, everything that they do, that there's, for, for example, there's a hadith on that, or, or there's a um, verse from the um, Quran that explains that that um, that thing that that they might do, or like, or I would make sure that they they're surrounded by Muslims, or that they see 
the 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 truth and they don't see the sort the sort of um because what happens with children is that if for example there's a parent that's more aggressive then they might and then Mm. and then there's the islam there they might start to associate islam with that so for example if a child is forced to wear the headscarf and stuff like that rather than um telling them the reasons why subhanallah i put on the headscarf before i even knew anything about islam to me it was to me i i saw electron i listened to electron it it was the most beautiful thing that i've ever heard for a woman to have Mm. and i put it on straight away proudly walked outside and i would Mm. proudly have it on so i think rather than just saying wear it and then Mm -hmm. and then to wear it because they because that's your because you're their parent they will obey you so them to wear it but then once they have that freedom for them to say why why do i have this on they've never been they've never had that full answer of why they do certain actions why do they have to have the hijab on why so i think rather than to find out rather for them to find out later on in life when it could be too late that job could can be done Mm. by parents at a very early stage to beautify the headscarf to beautify prayer to beautify calling upon uh, upon your lord to beautify fasting i think once that's mm. done in the correct way subhanallah the anything anything can and anything is possible i mean what if yeah. if my parents were to compare me to how i was before it it's literally two different people two different people so i think once things are done properly and uh, and an explanation rather than just an order it's mm. it's a life it's a life changer it really is oh, mashallah it does it sounds it you definitely <laughs> sounds like you made a, a, a humble yeah. uh, <laughs> so it was much. really lovely yeah. to meet you and you know you must come on oh, again thank you so much. <laughs> inshallah, inshallah. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.